Hi, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Jenny Gwynn this morning. I had the privilege of chatting with her this morning and getting to know her, and I already feel like we could talk for days. So, um, Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am a Catholic life coach, speaker, and radio show host. Um, those are titles that I never thought I would wear those hats, but you never know where God is going to call you to go. I spent 26 years as a Catholic educator. I worked in the classroom and administration, and then the final few years as director of religious ed for the church and school. And so, although I wore many hats, um, I never thought radio show host or, um, speaker, any of those things would be what I would do. I always thought that's what other people did. That is until God called. And like they say, where he calls, he's going to equip you and he's going to give you everything you need to move in that direction. So now I work with, um, I call them moms in the middle. That's the name of my ministry and business, Catholic moms in the middle. I work with midlife moms who have kind of reached that point in their life where their kids are more independent or have left the nest and they're thinking, okay, there's, there's more to life. What comes next? Um, They're searching maybe for a deeper faith or to reconnect in their marriage or a lot of coaching that I do is how to navigate the relationship with adult children, because that's tricky, like learning when to speak up and when to bite your tongue Um, and then as they start to get married, how to embrace and love your son-in-law or daughter-in-law. So midlife is a huge transition period with lots of feelings and just, I help women learn to process that. So it truly can be the best season they've had yet. I, I love that because, um, I was just sharing with Jenny that, my oldest daughter this last Sunday officially left the nest. Like she had graduated college. She spent a year in the Bronx as a missionary, but she was always coming home. Her stuff was always here, her books, her clothes. This Sunday, I, yesterday I walked up and the closet is empty. There is nothing on the closet floor. And I hadn't looked at it yet because I knew it would take me aback. But it is, it's a, it's a very strange season of life for me. And I do feel like in my experience, that is something I wasn't prepared for. I, my whole life, I thought, okay, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids and I, that's going to be my life. I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And I didn't realize that there is a chapter when they go on and they go to their vocation And you are still going and you, what you said about re, you know, reconnecting with your spouse. I want to be very intentional about, you know, dating Brian again and dating and really like pouring all of myself into the kids that are here and the family that's still under the roof. (laughs) Oh, and it's so easy. You know, this because you still have kids at home that, Sometimes you and your spouse become like partners, yes. which oh, you should be partners, sure. but you know, who's going to do dinner and who's going to do the laundry and who has this practice and who's picking up from band practice, you know, coordinating all totally. of the chaos yes. that 
you fall into bed exhausted at night and you forget those little ways that you can reconnect the little date nights. Like who has time for a date night when you're in the throes of raising kids. And so it does take being intentional when the house is quiet and the dust is settled to, to reconnect. And it can seem impossible. Like this person is a stranger now, but it's also so beautiful that, you know, my husband and I talk about, we did pour our hearts and souls into raising our children. And now it's our opportunity to dream and travel and do things that we want to do. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And it's really, I think being intentional about saying, okay, I'm not going to sit here in this space. I'm going to let the feelings happen and I'm going to greet what the change is, but I want to go forward and I want to find the next season in joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I could talk to you forever about that and the timing. I love the Lord's timing. He's so funny how he brings people into your life at the exact right moments. Just knowing there's a ministry for that, you know, that's just exciting. I will definitely be um, on your website. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yes, definitely. Well, I can't wait to hear. Tell us about what St. You have tripped over. So I have tripped over countless times in my life, St. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ann Seton. Oh my word. And yes. And so I became, she was my role model from a very young age. Um, I had an aunt who was in the Daughters of Charity up in Emmitsburg and taught in the Catholic schools up there. And it was in the early 70s. So it was the time that you know, everything was coming together for St. Elizabeth to be canonized. And Aunt Mary is what I would call her. She was Sister Olivia, but Aunt Mary would write letters. And, you know, that's when people would actually like write a letter and put it in the mail. And it was so exciting as a young child to get a card from Aunt Mary. And there was always a little holy card or a little trinket um, about St. Elizabeth. And so, obviously there was so much excitement during that time. And when she would come to visit, she would um, bring not only stories, but little gifts for my sisters and I. And one of the gifts that she brought was a little piece of St. Elizabeth's bone. It was a, a relic of her bone. And so I've had that for years and years. And wow. And so I've always gone to St. Elizabeth um, to intercede in prayer. And when I became a Catholic school teacher, like that connection was strong. And I would think, you know what, St. Elizabeth understands this child who's driving me crazy or these parents who are difficult. So I would call on her to intercede. And then, you know, as I became a mom and like, there were all of these connections. And I even see now, even in midlife, she was doing great works for God and her life was such, um, she's such a great role model from just her love of the Lord and wanting to share him with everyone in her ministry. But one of the things that as I've reflected on her life recently is she also had this deep desire to be in the quiet, 
to go in nature or she would stay up late at night just when everything had gotten quiet, people had gone to bed. That was her time with the Lord. And so I recognized that in my life during the craziness with raising a family. My time with the Lord was, you know, in the morning before everybody woke up. Um, but I see now that quiet is that stillness is the life that I'm in. Our house is quiet. Yeah. And so I have more of an opportunity to spend with the Lord and reading some of her writings and just following in her footsteps. She's been such a huge role model to me. I just love his timing. That's uh, because what Julia was doing last year, she was a fellow with the Seton Fellowship. Bronx, And um, yeah, she must be trying to let us know she's praying for all of us. (laughs) Absolutely. I love those little God links. I know. I love it. It's so special. Um, Well, tell us about her, St. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ann Seton, for those people listening that don't really know her background. Yes. So she was born um, in the late 1700s. She was born in New York and um, grew up in a time of a lot of conflict. And she actually was not a cradle Catholic. She was a Protestant. And she married at a young age and began having children. Um, she married William Seton. And he became sick and he was, they didn't think he was going to make it. And so they decided that maybe they should leave New York and go over to Italy. Maybe the change in climate would help heal him. And unfortunately it didn't, but while they were there, um, they stayed with some friends and the friends were Catholic. And so while she's there grieving the loss of her husband, she was opened up to the Catholic church. She started to go to mass with them. They started teaching her about their faith. And so she lost the love of her life, but then she gained the new love of her life. And that was the Catholic church. And so she came back and through much prayer and discernment, came into the Catholic church. And then taking that action, she also lost a lot of friends and family turned away from her because so many people, you know, looked down upon the Catholic church or didn't understand the teachings of the Catholic church. And so not only, I mean, to me, it was such a huge testament of how much she loved the church that she was willing to step away from everything that was familiar because of this desire she had for Jesus and the Eucharist. Oh my goodness. That just takes my breath away. Um, I did not realize that she was a convert. That is one of my favorite things about the privilege of getting to talk to people about saints is I am learning so much. And, um, I was a college convert in my twenties and I relate to that. Um, I relate to family and friends, you know, they were genuinely concerned for me (laughs) when when I converted, um, they thought that I was, um, doing something that wasn't good and, oh, I just want to wrap everybody up and show them how beautiful and how deep the church is that there's so many graces and, uh, Christ in the Eucharist. That's, that's everything. 
Absolutely. And I think for somebody who's a cradle Catholic, like I am, seeing the lives of the saints and seeing somebody like St. Elizabeth, who's willing to give up so much for her faith, because as a cradle Catholic, there have been seasons in my life where I've just been on autopilot. Things have just been routine. It's like check, went to mass for the week without really experiencing and embracing everything that's happened happening in the mass. And so when I look at the life of St. Elizabeth and everything she was willing to give up so that she could draw closer to the Lord, especially in the Eucharist, you know, that makes me look into my faith and, and am I following in her footsteps? Am I experiencing it through her lens and through her heart? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing her with us today. That's beautiful. And I can definitely see her woven throughout your story with the school and your love for students and teaching and spreading the truth of the Eucharist. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I love to talk about her. That's wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm going to put all of Jenny's information in the show notes. So you know where to find all of her ministries and how to get in touch with her. And, um, I just thank you for, thank you for talking to us about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for tripping over the saints. I hope you enjoyed meeting our new friend, and I cannot wait to introduce you to more new friends. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, we would love for you to join in at Patreon. The donations you make go directly to cover the hosting technical support and donations we make to our speakers and podcasters and missionaries that come on the show to introduce us to someone new. Have a great day, and I cannot wait to talk to you again.